welcome back everyone to another episode of who's got next game as always my name is connor lee one of your hosts with me as usual in the same space once again is my good friend tyler belter hello and, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and my other friend my other good friend charles jameson what to do. What to do. What to do. What to do indeed. And Ty, tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Because it's it's something that me and Charles really aren't that well versed in, but it's definitely something that you're you're very passionate about. I I mean, yeah, there's a passion. It's just something I've seen a lot of conversation about um, because a lot mm. of people um, in the gaming world, if you're very deep into it, are aware of what emulation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that may not know, emulation is basically taking the like the console and having it play on something that isn't that console. For example, there's the GameCube. You can run GameCube games, you know, like files that you can take from the disc and download it onto your computer then you can run the files on this app and it runs just like a GameCube. So it basically allows you to play those games without having the hardware. Yeah. Which is, which is something that uh, to me can be both good in the sense of you could play old games that maybe you haven't thought about or played in years, but now you can play it on your, you know, maybe old Xbox or maybe your Xbox 360 on PC. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a variety of ways that people have done it. I mean, Nintendo's consoles, the the Wii, the Wii U, um, were very easily broken. Okay. Um, so they essentially took the console, broke everything down um, in internals, and were basically able to run applications that weren't meant for the Wii to be able to run certain consoles. So like the Sega Genesis, the Game Boy, like a bunch of other old school console stuff that like normally you wouldn't be able to play unless you bought the virtual games or, you know, something along the lines of that. So what like in, in familiarity, like, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but what, what familiarity do you two have Charles, if you want to go first, what familiarity do you have about emulation? Like, what do you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Connor. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I'm, I'm serious. Um, yeah. Only, I only really know much about it just because you've introduced me to a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, emulation. I mean, I've always had a console. I'd never had to worry about an emulator or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't think I've used one before but i know how they work and whatnot as well it's a great concept i i love the fact that they exist and they give us a a a way to play old school games old retro games that otherwise you wouldn't be able to without spending thousands of dollars kind of thing so um Mm. connor yeah so really the m the only before i met you ty uh the only emulation i ever did was uh uh the school that i went to um we we had to get iPads, uh, and you what I put school going. Well, I mean, listen, you. if if I could go back and not do iPads, I really would. Like yeah. I, <laughs> just for context, my grades went down as soon as iPads were introduced. As soon as technology was introduced in the schools, my grades went down because yeah. why would I? 
watch why would I listen to what my teachers are say, saying when I could emulate Pokemon Emerald? Like, that is a game that I played on the emulator was Pokemon Emerald. Mm. And, you know, I would play it in class and stuff. But other than that, I mean, the Xbox that you had, Ty, uh, had an emulator. And we would play old video games had on there. multiple, multiple emulators multiple. on it. We yeah. played Yoshi's Cookie. We played uh, Kirby's Dream Course. We played... Uh, the old Aladdin game mm. <laughs> on it, which, uh, by the way, one of the hardest games I've ever played. Yeah. If you ever get the chance, Charles, uh, at my place, I, I have Ty's Xbox now. That's where that one. It's, it's, it's difficult. Like, yeah. So I originally had it for a long time. Um, the means that I got it through was just somebody that I knew who knew how to do it to the hardware. Um, I had happened to have an old Xbox in my garage. He did it for me. It was super cool. He didn't, I, I got just, you know, pretty much everything that I needed for the basic setup, but I had to do all the extra footwork myself to get it set up the way I wanted it to. Um, but I remember I was at a point where I actually had to do this recently. I had to sell, you know, sell off a lot of my gaming collection. I had a lot of consoles had a lot of things that just like, I liked having them physically, but beyond that, it was more of a, like, I, I don't need it, but it's just cool and nostalgia. I have it. It's cool. I played, I played some of the games on them for a while. And then after a while, I just was like, I, I need, I need to sell these cause I have, you know, bigger things going on. And right. yeah, when I sold everything is when I realized, man, that sucks. Like I'm not gonna be able to play yeah. these games anymore. And so I had my Xbox. I'm like, man, I could, I could sell this, but I was like, but this, there was more sentimental yeah. value to that one versus any of the other consoles I had. Now, when you emulated your Xbox, were you able to play Xbox games on it still? Or? No. So there's different levels of, of uh, emulation hardware that you can get. Really? So there's what's called soft modding and hard modding, I think. or it's, the, the Xbox that I had was soft modded. So soft modding is basically it just downloads it directly to the memory. It doesn't do anything mm-hmm. else to the game. And let me guess, hard modding is when you give a Viagra. Okay. Boom. Yeah. Boner uh, jokes. Frank, <laughs> put in the cricket noises, please. <laughs> Come um, on, everyone loves a good boner joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know your mom listens to this podcast, right? Yeah, she does. Listen, she's. She's no, she's not gonna laugh at that. Yeah, she's she's, I'm, I'm gonna get she's a text. She's gonna be a disappointment. Yeah, you're gonna get a text about this. I mean, she's gonna be disappointed in you. <laughs> Shout outs to Connor's mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry, Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so hard, like, hard, I think it's called hard or something, but basically, you go into the motherboard and you actually physically add extra storage space okay, to it. Okay. And it allows you to put in, you know, like the original Xbox games, like, it just gives it more memory. Okay. Yep. You can also do it with an external hard drive. That's like when you mod like a Wii, it's the same thing. So you, you put in like a, like a two terabyte hard drive. I was about to say a hard drive oh or a, okay. or what's it called? A, um, SD card. Right? Yeah. With more right. stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what so the thinking. SD card is what holds all the applications. And then the external hard drive is what would hold all of the games. Okay. So, um, it's it's something that like a lot of people have been debating it online and I think it's just a good conversation piece for Absolutely. gamers in general because um, I think there's something about the gaming world that a lot of people don't think about is 
the actual hardware itself starts to wear and tear over time, which I, I know that, you know, some consoles, I mean, we talked about the Wii was out in 2006, Jeez. you know, like they're, it's getting older. Yeah. Like, it's, it's 17 years now. Seriously, next year, it's going to be a uh, legal age to go to war. We can yep. send the Wii to war. The Wii war. <laughs> Wii <laughs> warfare. <laughs> uh yeah but like even talking about like the snes or the nes Mm. like those consoles they're 30 plus years old those those consoles the pins eventually wear down they eventually start to give out the you know the ports start wearing out the motherboard can get damaged like there's so many things that can happen to Mm. the like official original model stuff that you know not saying it won't happen to other things because it can easily happen to a PlayStation 4. Yeah. It can easily happen to, you know, modern consoles as well. Yeah, it probably will. It probably will. Eventually. But a couple years the debate the debate online. online is is emulation good or bad for the video gaming community? And like, should you play, you know, the classic video games on emulation or should you play them the way that they were intended? So to be it, it's on? not like a legal version. It, it it's more of like the 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 feel of actually playing it on that actual console versus the, the way that it was intended to be played. Okay. So it's about the intention. Yeah. Then. It's about, this is how it was made to be played. And this is how the game was made to be played. Oh man. That's... Yeah. Because a lot of people who are like retro game hunters and that kind of stuff, like they're doing it for nostalgic purposes. Yeah. They're playing the games on that hardware and stuff. I commend them for doing it because Retro game hunting is very fun. It's very interesting. I have done it myself and built. I had a goal to rebuild my childhood collection. It, I wasn't trying to get a complete library of games. Yeah. I just, I wanted the games because I wanted to regain all that stuff for myself. And yeah. I did. I accomplished it. I was super excited about it. I had everything. And then after a while, I was like, all right, like I got my nostalgia. I got everything I needed. So I went in, I took all the games and I downloaded the files off of the disc, all the discs that I had, and then I sold everything because I, at the time I needed the money yeah. and it just, it, one thing led to another and it was a way for me to still have those games without having to have the hardware. And so I kind of want to talk about with you guys, like I talked to Frank and Squeaks and Kyle when we were all at um, the Capital Creative Showcase, we discussed it a little bit. Uh, most of them were on board for emulation. Um, I kind of just want, based on at least what you guys here have heard from me so far, like c- you guys can come to your own conclusions about it. Yeah. Connor, you have played on emulation already. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had the experience before with your, your Xbox. And again, like I well, said, it, it is was, yours now. It was a well, gift. Okay. Thank you. I, I'm still going to call it yours because at least I've known it as yours longer yeah. than it's been mine. Hours. No. Our Xbox. How about yes, that? Yes, because time? Connor, we are married. <laughs> Even though your wife was on this podcast not too long ago. <laughs> love you, babe. <laughs> uh, and I love you too, Megan. Uh, but we. <laughs> I'm gonna be sleeping on the couch for that one. No, you probably won't. She no, knows. I will. <laughs> she knows our arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> Dog's already taken her place or my place. So, but anyway. But with with emulation, I to me, if you can't get the hardware and you can't like find those old games, and some of those games are probably almost impossible to find. Like I, 
I, I challenge you to try to find that Aladdin game that's going to be cheap and also, you know, with the hardware. Same with like mm-hmm. Kirby Stream Course. Like it's going to be super hard to find. So personally, I, as long as you're doing it with yourself and you aren't like, I don't, I don't want to say like selling or profiting off it. I, I think it's okay. As long as like it, it's with you in your own place and you're, you know, I, I don't have like a hard opinion on it, really. Like, I, I, I liked the fact that I got to play Pokemon Emerald because my brother did have the game, but I never really played it because it was my brother's game. Mm. So the fact that I got to play it and have my own playthrough was really nice. And the fact that it was on an iPad was also really nice, too, because, you know, I didn't have a Game Boy SP at that point. I only had a Nintendo DS. Even then, I think I sold it, so mm. I couldn't have played it. The DS could also play Game Boy games, but you know, you're well, no, after, but the DSi and after is what oh, I had. Oh, so you had a DSi? I did because okay. I, I did have uh, a DS Lite, but which and I also had a regular DS, but this was after the point. I think I sold it for mm. whatever reason. Charles, what do you think of at least based on kind of what I said, but we can you know dive into it a little more if you guys yeah. have more questions about it? Yeah, I mean. My my opinion on emulation, like, I understand, I see both sides. Yeah. People that don't want it because maybe they've they've spent their hard-earned money. They've, exactly. They want that, to earn their money. Like, there's that side of things. But there's also, like, the side of it, like, for me, example, I've, I will probably never, ever in my life be able to own or be able to play an SNES or N64 device just because of how rare they are, how expensive they are. You never know if you're going to find one. If you do find one in a good condition that is playable or viable, yet alone the game cartridges themselves. Mm -hmm. So in of that fact and of that and of itself, I think, in my opinion, I agree with you guys. Emulation should be available to... There's limitations, obviously. Legal limitations and everything like that. But I mean... For nostalgic sake, I would think emulation would be. That's so, the thing. About so I'm gonna it. I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you too. Do so it. Nintendo 64s on average run about ninety dollars, including the controller and all the hookups and everything. Really? About ninety bucks. Ninety? About ninety. I would say okay, about about hardware. ninety. Yes, original hardware, OEM hardware. It's about no, average is about ninety. But the games, how about the games? Though? Games are going to be expensive depending on what you're looking for. That's... The SNES, again, on average, stuff that I've seen, the SNES goes for a little bit more because it's older. Yeah. But again, I, I play devil's advocate in that there are companies like Retron who make emulation consoles. So there's one called the Retron 5, okay. which plays NES snes famicom genesis and game boy games all game boy games so it's a five-in-one console you can plug in oem controllers to it so you can can plug in nes controllers snes controllers genesis controllers you know you you can plug that stuff in yeah and they have adapters to be able to play um what is it called sega master system and like a couple other different games so there's an adapter that allows you to play even more games so devil's advocate that console i mean it runs like a hundred bucks but you get a lot of you're getting five different ways to be able to get those games versus you know you know going and buying an nes like 
I got my, so the other thing is like at garage sales at like Facebook marketplace and that kind of stuff, you can find stuff for undervalue. Oh yeah. You can, it's very difficult to come by, but like, for example, the NES that I bought, I got it under market value, like significantly under market value. I bet. And it's because it was a guy, he was just selling stuff out of his old garage and storage unit. And he was like, I just don't want it. Like, I don't know if it works. I took a chance on it because if it didn't work, then I have to pay to get it fixed. And it's like, well, why not just buy a new one? But that's the devil's advocate that people will bring up is like, yeah, consoles and the games are expensive. Well, what if we reduce the console price and you just have to pay for the games? So, so that's, that's, that's just the point just I want to bring, bring to you from there. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, and also you brought up a good point earlier. Like, like there's some people as well that will argue uh, the fact that most games are meant to be played how they were originally meant to, whether it be a game cabinet or on like a like an old school joystick kind of thing. So it just really depends in that case as well. I feel like like everyone is entitled to an opinion, obviously, but there's no right or wrong answer for emulation versus console just play at all. Um, I think it's it's a money saver, it's a time saver, a headache saver. Um, it may take away from the nostalgic feel of playing on how it's supposed to, but I mean, it just really depends on more context of a situation, I guess. Like, if you're not... It, from, from a wealthy family, or if you're not doing so great, emulator might be a chance to consider kind of thing especially yeah. is if you want to relive some of your old school nostalgic feels or games and stuff like that but you're not may not be in a great financial place to do so that is definitely a viable option for emulator whether it's on a on a console that you buy emulators on or you already have a computer to play emulators on so it just really depends now there are there are emulators that are legal like there are some because like on the Wii U, you could buy the original Super Mario Brothers game oh, right, yeah. on there. And I mean, so, like, there's stuff like that that you can do, too. Yeah, we console. No, I had a GameCube built into it. Yeah. I mean, similar thought process. Yeah, similar of. thought process, but it, it was basically two consoles in one. But anyway, Connor. No, so what, what I mean, I, I've been thinking, like, what what are, like... The, the views of like maybe game developers like what do they think like especially maybe older ones that's what i'm trying to think like what is their mindset of these old games even though they aren't being you know getting compensated that's actually, for that's it. actually a really good question but, like, yeah. but that would be really cool to find out actually like but from they can see developers. that their games are still living on in memory because at some point like all these things are gonna be out of commission and how are we gonna play them like let, let, let's think, think of it like music that's the thing. Music, most songs from like the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, you can really find that stuff anymore. Well, and think about this. People, let's just take 30 years ago, you had to buy a CD slash, you know, or a record. Now, you pay $5.99 for Apple Music, you get all your music. Yeah. So, is there going to be a point in time where emulators kind of maybe get not bought up, but introduced by the uh you bring a good the developers I, I feel like within the next couple years we're going to get some kind of console or device well and and i mean there is that there is something like that out there um 
I'm just not going to talk about it just because I don't want our podcast to get shut out. <laughs> so, but there is there is something like that. Oh shoot! It's the police. Ty, run! <laughs> I'm doing my own sound effects yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, con, con, yeah, Frank, you don't even need to worry about putting sound effects in the episode. Gosh, Connor's, my, Connor's I'm got just it looking down. at my levels right now, and they went crazy. Yeah, you, you went buck wild on that one. Um, <laughs> no, but like, it's, it's a good point because like at some point, like you brought up one of the bullet points I have, like I have my list of stuff is history of preservation. So there's a preservation aspect of it where you have the Atari, for example, yeah. the Atari is a very old system. Seventies. Yeah. Which the hardware is still, it still works to this day. It's still in working condition. Not all consoles are in working condition. But let's say your game gets damaged. Let's say the console gets damaged. There are repair stores that will fix them for you. They're, the games are much harder to fix because if you break the game, there's not too much you can do. But in regards to the preservation of history, I think that a lot of people are for it because they don't want those games to be lost to time. Really? Yeah. They, they're, they're, I, can, I can say as a collective unit with, I would say, gamers in general, whether okay. they're retro hunters, whether they're people who are console purists, they don't want those games to be lost to time. Uh, okay, so there's a general consensus there that no one there wants is, to lose yeah, that Yeah, there's history. nobody that's like, yeah, if the Wii goes, the Wii goes. You know, like, it's yeah. done. But yeah. it's, it's something it's that... It's hard to make a 64 or a 32-bit or a 16-bit, 8-bit game. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, there's a lot of people still developing for the NES, for the SNES. They're making they're making games for it, <laughs> which is cool. Like, it's cool that they have that stuff. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, at the that's Capitol, wild. Yeah, so at the Capital Creative Showcase, there's this one game. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically like a version of the Donkey Kong game, but okay. much harder. But I think it's it's like Mocha something. It's like it's based off of like coffee, the coffee and donuts thing. It's so it's a like guy. The, that Pokemon game I referenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have to listen. No. And if you already have, just listen to it for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just in history of preservation with those uh, with those games, um, I would actually love to hear from a game developer standpoint of somebody. I really would of somebody too. Like for example, like the, maybe the guy who created the Jack, like talking to Naughty Dog about you know Jack and Daxter too, because like there's two different sides of it. PlayStation 4 has it in the PlayStation Store. You can buy the Jack Trilogy for like $30. Yep. And you can have it on your PlayStation 4. And it emulates. And it works. It, it works. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, if you were to download a PlayStation 2 emulator, you know, get the game, download the files from the game, and then run it on the emulator, like, it's not going to be perfect. Like, right. it, 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 all emulators have progressed. Like, very much so. There are some emulators that still need work. There's some emulators that are, you know, not fine-tuned, but there's one out there for almost every console. I mean, they have some for the original, like, PC games, like those stock PC, Windows 7 really? type of stuff. You know, like, Charles, on the sports episode, when you were talking about backyard baseball, that was, like, that's one that you can emulate. Or a lot of, like, the point-and-click adventure games that, like, you could only play them on those old school PCs if you have mm. the big boxes with the floppy disks and all that. Like, there's a way to emulate those. Is there an emulator for 3D pinball? No, that's just a program. Oh. Uh, it's it's not it wasn't on a console. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
it's, it's okay. See, <laughs> this is that is about as gamer as Connor is in a nutshell. That was that was beautiful. I mean, nine out of ten for that one. Like, wow, not ten. That's a ten. That's, yeah, that's a ten dog. That's a highlight. Um, but yeah, just like when it comes to console emulation, um. Yeah. There are some consoles that are pretty, I would say, in regards to the program, pretty easy. And What's other, the easiest? I mean, honestly, any of the, like, I would say Game Boy, okay. Game Boy that's Color, Game Boy Advance. For some reason, because it's very straightforward, head. and the NES is kind of the same way, the Atari is probably yeah. very easy to emulate. Any of the really, really old school stuff, because there wasn't a lot of programming code in it, but... Okay. I mean, there's still stuff that, like, doesn't run perfectly. Yeah. For example, like, on, on the one that I got for you... It does run Nintendo 64 games. Yeah. But some Nintendo 64 games run I, better than I remember others. when we would play it and you would be like, yeah, so we aren't playing any of these games because they just straight up don't work. Yeah. Like, this is just limitation of software. I think it's so. It's just like, specifically with the Nintendo 64, it's harder to emulate because it's such a complex piece of equipment. Um, they're still working on, as of right now, Retron is still working on a prototype for a 64 physical emulator to okay. be able to plug in games to. Ooh. And they've been working on that for like five years now. So, so they're working on a system that's a physical not the, system. the N64, but to play the to N64, play N64 games. game. Correct. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just fucked up. Yeah, I forget what the name just of it was. By two. I know they were calling it like it was like Project N or like something. One twenty eight. Um, Dang! Look at Charles with the quick mass. I'm like, do it in my head. I'm still counting. <laughs> sixty five, sixty six. No, anyway. Um, the N sixty five might be kind of cool. That might be sixty four and a quarter. Hey, hey guys. Sixty four squared. 69. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Another cricket one there, Frank. That's two, two L's in one episode. That's not L. This is going to be some people with a uh, sense Con- of humor who are laughing their asses off. Shout outs to Connor's mom again. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, there's just this whole thing and like, um, but there was a really cool story actually. So there's a YouTuber called The Completionist. Gerard, right? Yeah, Gerard. Yeah. So he actually, for one of his videos, because the Wii, uh, the Wii shop on the Wii U and the mm-hmm. 3DS closed on March 27th. They shut down all stuff for it, like really? software, everything. It's all gone. This year, 2023? Yes. Is it yeah. anywhere at all or no? Gerard went out to a bunch of different stores and bought as many Nintendo gift cards as he possibly could. And bought every single Nintendo Wii U game and Nintendo 3DS game. Purely to preserve the history of all of those games because they would have been lost to time. Yo, Frank, put put like an applause there or something. Like every single one? Every single game. There's a YouTube video on it. If you guys want to watch it, uh, it's the... I bought the 3DS and Wii U complete library from the completionist. That's awesome. So completionist Gerard, thank you so much for doing that because that's just another preservation of history for gaming. And it's a way for, you know, people to be able to enjoy those games because there's indie games that are on 
you know, the 3DS yeah. and the Wii U that probably would have never gone to other consoles and yeah. those would have just been lost to history. But now that they're preserved, people are able to utilize them. So in, in the grand scheme of things, I just want to know for you guys, where does it become something bad? Where would you say when emulation is a problem? For me, it's all about like statute of limitations. So like time for me, I, I would say anything like 10, 10, 15 years or older is fine. But like, if you're emulating like PS4 and on, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, or, or even PS3 on, I, I would be like, ah, really? Like, it's still sort of new. You could, you, you have it, go buy it. Mm. But before that, especially like, I, I'm thinking like N64, GameCube, even PS2, like, you, you, if you emulate those, I feel like it's fine. I feel like it's the, you, you're not running a risk or anything. Charles? I almost feel like, like on the other end of things, maybe like from a developer standpoint, like, is this developer still making games? That, that's true. Is this developer, like, like, not in business anymore? Is this developer in business but still selling copies? Like, that is an aspect that I feel like may affect things, but also like another idea or another answer possibly as well as like if you're emulating but making profit off it. If, if it's a non-profit and you're emulating games for the sole purpose of uh, like if you're doing like it for yourself. nostalgia, yeah. If you're doing it for yourself, I don't see anything wrong with that. If you're if you're uh, emulating game consoles or or files or whatever if you're emulating games and you're selling them on the market that might might, might that's be. a big that's still a big issue I agree. right now yeah, I kind it's of a big agree issue. with that and in in regards to like that like there are people out there who who are doing it like they are and yeah. they're you know it's their choice on if they're doing it or not yeah. and i i think because all emulators that have been created are community based they are not from the direct developers they're not yeah. from people who like these are people who love the game so much who love the console so much they got a group of people together and said hey we're gonna build this from the ground up and we are going to make something so we can preserve this thing that we love so may so maybe i think the answer is like intention mm -hmm. it really is yeah I, yeah well, like now like i think the cool thing about with emulation is you're able to play those old school games online you with, can, with other people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can like, for example, let's say that Connor and I wanted to play Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers, like Super Mario World on the SNS. Yeah. What I can do is I can set up a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lo a lobby. Yeah. And I send Connor a code. Hey, put this code into your emulator, the same emulator. You submit that code. You load, you know, you get the file, you download it onto your computer. You load the file. And then you can play it online. We could do the two-player mode together. Mm. So I think that's something cool that a yeah. lot of people who are, you know, they're all around the world. There's, you know, there's a bunch of different, different programs and stuff that people can use now to play the games online. Like mm. one of the most well, like one of the most known and out there ones that's just out in front of people and hasn't been shut down is one called Slippy. Slippy is specifically for competitive Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, okay. The entire community of the Smash Brothers Melee community got, you know, all their programmers got together 
and we're like, hey, we want to be able to play this game in the same way that we can play Smash Brothers Ultimate Online. But they actually made it, I would honestly say they made it much better. Really? Because there's a thing called rollback netcode. So rollback netcode basically takes the last input that you did, and let's say your computer skips or lags your internet, it just continuously holds that input until it goes through. So if your computer is like running slow for some reason, then that input, you know, is still there. It doesn't lose the input versus like in regular Smash Brothers, if your Internet skips and you do an input, it's just going to send that input once. And then it'll just eat that input and it'll be like you never did it. You all right, Connor? Is your head hurting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> yeah. I like, like I, I kind of understand. So basically, if, I'm okay. trying to say in layman's terms. So like, if I put a move in, it's gonna keep doing. Let's that say, move? let's say, for example, you and I are playing online. Yes, You're doing we're Marth's online. forward smash. Okay. Your internet drops. My internet drops. Okay. So nothing's happening on your screen. Your character's standing still. What, okay. What the net code does is sends that as the last code, but keeps sending it until it gets read on my end. So. Okay, so if my internet drops and I did that forward smash, it crashes. It's gonna still show that to you, right? Kind of. It, it it'll wait. It'll wait until both of us are reconnected, then send the information. Okay. Versus like, okay, if we were playing ultimate and you did Marth's F smash, but it, the internet lagged or dropped, you would do the F smash. It would send the input. But okay. it would just stop, and then it would keep going whenever it reconnects, and gotcha. then it's like you never did it in the first place. Okay, cool. See, Charles probably understood, but there's probably people like me that were like, like, we're doing this in person. Like, I had this dumb just look like on my light, face. Like, <laughs> lights were on, no one's home. Yep. But, but, like, that allows the competitive Melee community, which has been around since 2001. Yeah. To That's keep playing, years. yeah. F- to keep playing, like to be able to play awesome. with people all around the world, and yeah. now people who can't go to those tournaments mm-hmm. because of their financial situations or because they live in a different country, they can now participate and play and do all this stuff. And that's I think that's cool. a great thing. I think that's really cool. Like I think that that's is. awesome. Like, and there are tons of other like third party applications that run emulators that allow you to play certain fighting games online, certain puzzle games on, you know, like all that type of stuff. So I, 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 in, in my process of everything is that emulation, I think has more good than bad, but the bad is like very, very bad. I bet. So like, again, it's the intent. Like mm -hmm. there's going to be people with bad intentions. And if there, there are people who are going to take advantage of it and that is their choice to do it. And event like that. Yeah, yeah, and eventually there's something that could happen to them. Something can happen to them, but um but there's just a bunch of different things that like now there are people out there who are translating Japanese games to American language so that people can understand the game. So there's English. English. <laughs> you said American. American, American language. Yeah. yeah. I mean, technically we don't have a official language, Ty. Yeah, so true. 
And we speak American. You're doing a Connor. <laughs> yes. Hey, Rob. Oh, hey, we are not. Hey, that's yeah. not gonna be a term. Yeah. Nick's that. Call a Connor. Nope. nope, not a term. Not a term for anything. American language. Yep. English. That's such a Connor. <sighs> yeah, but um, so my my question to you guys would be, like, in in regards to just pure emulation. Is is there specifically a console that you guys would want to have an emulator for so that you wouldn't have to worry about? Because I'm going to put something into perspective here. Dokapon Kingdom is a Wii game. Mm. People can play that Wii game. They can buy it online from, you know, an eBay seller or something. That game on average goes for about $150, $200, maybe $300, I think. It's, it's very much up there. So there, are, there are games out there. The GameCube games average the same price as a PlayStation 4 new game. So 60 bucks? About 60 to 70 dollars average. That's not including your sports titles or anything like that, because those are obviously always going to be cheap because there were so many produced. Yeah. But like Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, I think, is at $150. Yeah, that, 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 that game is so expensive. I mean, we talked about the Pokemon games, those are at like $250 each. Definitely. Luigi's Mansion is like $95. You know, so there's the argument of I don't have the money to buy this stuff, but I still want to play it. So I'm a part of the conversation. So, I mean, talking finance wise, I mean, it makes sense because like I've spent the money on those games. Yeah. Now, I was somebody who was retro game hunting. So I was wheeling and dealing. I was looking on marketplace. I was trying to go to garage sales. I was doing whatever I could to save as much money as I could. So in your guys' opinion, is it okay for somebody to be like, I don't want to buy these games, so I'm just going to, you know, just get an emulator and get the game files, you know, and, you know, I'll buy the game, get the game files, and I'm just going to go return the game and get my money back, you know, or something along the lines. That they obtain the game file in any way that they can so that they can play it. Yeah. So, Charles, what do you think? You think so? Just okay. It's all about intent. I mean, and again, it's like that's gonna it, that's what it'll boil down to. And, and it's maybe how many games you're doing too. I feel like for me, like if I if I for example, I'd get like a PS2 emulator if I were to get one. Mm-hmm. I would want like Star Wars Battlefront. One just give like a, well, just give like a number of games. Like honestly, like ten. I'd probably okay. at most get like ten games. But it'd be the 10 games I remembered from childhood that maybe I wanted to play again. So, Charles, like, PlayStation 1-wise, like, games number-wise, how many would you... If you were downloading an emulator and you were wanting... 15? Okay. That's pretty... That's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. normal. Most people go for, like, the top 20 games of yeah. all time on the well, consoles. Yeah. And what I feel like, maybe if you got games that you did pay for at one point in time, I feel like that's okay. Yeah, that's totally... It's totally legal to do that. I because... You 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 purchase that. You have obtained the game. You can you know get the files, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Now it's different in other countries, but again, now I mean, now, I mean if you were to, to look at the unethical side of this, where like you're buying a game, taking the game file, calling it your own, and reselling it. Yeah, if you were yeah, so like if you were selling a burned copy of a game, which or, I or I've, you're saying, hey, this is exactly like. Pac- Man pack. 
Which, like, I mean, you're gonna have, like, the bootleg. I mean, you're gonna have, I mean, you're gonna have, yeah, you're gonna have your bootleg stuff. You're gonna have your China bootleg stuff, because, like, everybody knows, like, I mean, I think you guys are aware of the NES and SNES Classic. The mini consoles that were out for a long time, and they had, like, 50 games downloaded to them. Like yeah. the at-home yeah. uh, console? No, they were literally just, like, a yeah. mini yeah. version of the SNES. Oh. And they plug. They had two controllers you could plug in. It was the one at the retro game con. We were sitting on the couch. Oh yeah. That was yeah, that's that that's one. an SNES Mini, okay. an SNES Classic, okay, or NES Classic. The SNES. They have one for the SNES. They have one for the Sega Genesis, and they have one for uh, the Atari. No, not the Atari. Uh, Commodore sixty four. Okay. So okay. Those were made by the companies who basically just took an emulator and ripped the file and put it onto there. So, you know, companies are selling emulators as well because, well, you have like, for example, too, with the switch, you know, the Mario 3d all-star game. Yeah. yeah. Those are all just games run on an emulator. Okay. And okay. not even a good emulator. Like yeah. the game does not play very well, according to well, people. Like, I know none of us have a lot of, like, legal experience with, like, copyright and, and, and stuff like that, so... Or even, like, not even, like, copyright, but, like, like patents and who has the authority to do this or that. Like, I'm sure someone in the comments could let us know, like, hey, this is X, Y, and Z. This is why you can't. This is what you can do legally. So, I'm sure there's going to be people writing to us about that aspect, but, I mean, overall... I think it all. I think it all, like Connor said, comes past the base. Yeah, and again, it's how you choose to do things. But yeah. I, I, th I think that because the other thing too that people emulate now are controllers. Which, if you haven't listened to our controller episode, go back and listen to that one. It's a good one. Um, uh, so there are companies like Eight Bit Do, Retro Fighters, those type of you know console you know companies that are making controllers for people who play modern video games on classic, you know, you know, classic hardware. Yeah. And there's even like companies like, like gaming beaver or something like that, where they're making current day console controllers, but they're adding extra buttons in the back and stuff like that. So, or battle beaver, that's what they're called. Um, they're making like current gen console controllers, but adding extra buttons. There's like strike packs where they have like literal mods and cheats built into a pack that you just attach to a regular Xbox or PlayStation controller. So, I mean, there's stuff like that. So with those being able to be sold legally, I'm sure, these kind of companies are able to get away with making yeah and it's it's something i think i mean it's difference between console emulation and making a controller for the console there's yeah. a yeah. big difference between the two and like for example one of the biggest companies is 8bitdo 8bitdo makes incredible third-party controllers and i've had the privilege of using some of the 8bitdo stuff and I'm very confident in it. It's a great brand. And I think it's something that like it gives a nostalgic feel to some of those, you know, modern games or like classic games. Now, for example, now going into the emulation of games, the Nintendo Switch offers a online program which allows you to play NES, SNES games and, you know, Nintendo 64 games based on what online package you have. The only downside is you have to be online to play them. 
So it's basically forcing your hand of you want to keep playing your classic games. You like these classic games so much. You got to pay your money. Please. Yeah, you got to pay your 20. You have to you have to pay your. Well, it's 20 bucks a year for, for the single plan for the single plan. Uh, it's like 45 a year for the family one, which is more games and more like stuff that you're allowed. It's, it's like Sega Genesis, Nintendo uh, 64, okay. you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But I think in the overall world of retro gaming, I think there's a way to preserve, you know, the intent of playing games the way they should be played. My example is the classic Tetris World Championship. So in the Classic Tetris World Championship, they use original hardware. They use the big CRT TVs. Like, they use everything as original hardware. And I respect it because they've been playing that way since 2000, 2009 or 2010. Wow. So that's when they first started doing the tournaments, and, and like, mm-hmm. that's when the Classic Tetris World Championship came to be. Now, a lot of people were excited to play it. They were wanting to do it. It is very difficult to get CRT TVs today. Yeah. Like, yeah, very definitely. difficult. And CRT TVs are just these, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, these CRT TVs, they're difficult to come by, and it's, it's a retro game. It, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, you don't have to have it, but it's the most ideal way to play it. It was what it was designed for. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was the intent. Yeah, it's how it was, how it was intended. Yeah. So I, 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 th- I see that because, like, for me, I play classic Tetris on my NES on a CRT, but that's yeah. the way yeah. I'm choosing to play it. Could I play it on my PC with an emulator? Yes, I could. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I could. And I would say about seventy-five percent of the classic Tetris community that I'm aware of started on emulator. Okay. okay. They started there because that's the only way they could get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. So I see why people want to preserve it. Oh, absolutely. And I absolutely. think there's a factor of preserving that you can do. For example, there are consoles that, you know, people can repair and people can do these things and you can run them in a video game history area where people can come and, you know, and pay and go in and see the old console, see them in action and, and see how the hardware ran and all that stuff. But I think there comes a point where that hardware is going to give out and you need to be able to still find a way to be able to preserve the classic feel of these games. The, the understanding of just the beauty of the... Because video games to me are art. Like it's oh, a form of oh, art. Yeah. And Def- people, definitely. Some people are like, no, it's entertainment. It's this. It's, it's like to a degree yes it is a literally digital it is a it is a form of entertainment in some form yes it is art but in the grand but creative yeah but in the grand scheme of things like i would say it's more art than entertainment because people you know like there's a back and forth it's like oh it's entertainment because it's like a movie i think it's like 50 50 yeah yeah i would probably say somewhere somewhere in there but in in the big in the grand scheme of it all like I've used emulation. I've never, like, complained too much about it. I mean, there are games that just don't run the way that I know they should. Yeah. And yeah. because those games are hard to, to, to program and they're, they're hard, difficult to do. I mean, Nintendo 64 is, again, one of the most difficult, you know, ones to emulate. There's mm-hmm. an emulator that runs, like, I want to say 80% of the library, which is good. 
really that's good. really good. I mean, most 80%? yeah, most of the older consoles and stuff they run about ninety nine percent of the games. Oh really? Oh really? Mm-hmm. So so that's 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 a pretty big drop off. That's like yeah, but drop-off. like when you start getting into a little bit more of the modern stuff, so like I had talked a little bit about it, but Xbox three sixty. Their emulator, it runs, but there's a lot of problems. I bet. I bet. Like, one of the big problems is, like, it's like 60% of the games don't play any sound. No sound? No sound? There's no sound. It's good if you mute. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow, we went there. <laughs> yeah, for, for all of our deaf fans out there. So, I mean, so I guess to kind of change scope a little bit, scope a little bit uh, I, um, know I know that there's some, there's some areas of emulation, of emulation that, help that help people attain, attain like, like, people like, like people use emulators for nostalgic feels, but there's also people out there that I know that try and... Uh, uh, like speedrun, yeah, old school games yeah. so as well. The program so is called the program is called Task. So a tool assisted speedrun. So basically, can we pause no. it? So basically, a tool assisted speedrun is where someone um, takes the program of a game and like puts in a button for every single frame. Like, and you can make these. You can make inhuman movements, you know, right. for example, in like Super Mario Brothers 3, there's this thing called P-Speed. So you have a mo- you have a meter at the bottom and the more you run, the more the meter builds up. If you continuously run, if you run it all the way to the end of the P-meter, you get what's called P-Speed, which is, I think, like 25% faster than your normal speed. And so there are ways to preserve your P-Speed and there's ways for you to like do things to maintain that speed in a tool assisted speed run that you cannot do in, you know, other games. So it's it's something that like a lot of tool assisted speed runs are mostly tricks that humans can't do, but they've used tool assisted speed runs to find different glitches and to find different ways of running and, and doing things. So yeah. there's a lot of cool things that have been done. Like, the one that I can think of offhand was the there was a big skip sequence skip found in Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door. Yeah. yeah. With yeah, a tool yeah. assisted speed run because they were able to program because the guy just he's like, I can't do the inputs like that. Yeah. yeah. And when he put it through a tool assist speed run, he was able to find a way to skip like five chapters in Paper Mario. So Jeez. Yeah, it's 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 really good for speedrunners because it allows them to, you know, not have to worry about, you know, oh, you know, if I get to this point in the level, like I'm going to have to I only get one chance to try this. Oh, man, I missed I missed it. Now I have to go all the way back and do this and that. So and emulators now have save states. They have, you know, loadable files. They have ways for you. I've seen those. there's programs that you can run in them that allow you to see like frames and like you can see positionings of 2D sprites through the X and Y axis. So they know exactly, you know, how to line their characters up for stuff. And there's there's a lot of good in that sense, too, because it allows people to really crack down and, you know. And and like break down games, I think if I'm not mistaken. The closest that. I'm aware of like speed run 
to tool assisted speedrun is the original Mario Brothers, and I think it's like three frames off. So the tool assisted speedrun is only three frames faster or something oh, like that. Not bad. Not bad. That's incredibly close to compared to some other games. Like yeah. it's amazing that, you know, tool assisted speedruns can now be utilized in that. So yeah. yeah, so I mean, and you and I was going to get more into speedruns, but you kind of bring up another good uh, thing that I wanted to, I guess, just put my input there for a second as well. When you play like Tetris, rather than starting on stage one for practice, you start on stage what? So in in the in the yeah, so in the regular game, you can choose what level you start on. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm saying, like I understand what you're saying. For that example, for your example, yeah. yeah. So like for example, like you could say in Super the original Super Mario Brothers, like let's say you die on World Four One, you could do you could do a save state before you go through Four One. Right. Now you you know if you die on that stage and you get a game over, now all you have to do is load it and now you're back on Four One without right. having well, to worry about. But you, you already beat the castle, so you'd be at Four One. You right. wanted to say Four Two. Yeah. So, on, like, you know what? Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what? Come on, Ty. But like, for example, too, because like with save states, because a lot of those older games are very unforgiving. <laughs> yes, they are. For example, Connor was playing the Aladdin game. Yes, I was. And there is a way. I haven't shown you how to do it yet, but there is a way to save state. So you can save your progress of where you're at, and then you can like, oh, if you die, well, oh, okay, you can go back and reload and you know do this stuff. That'd so, be nice. But. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that. for that, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, Tyler, let, let me know what your opinion, Connor. You can give me your opinion well, as well. What, what are your guys' opinions on like speedruns, but people, people being able to use emulator to take a high score or, or using original hardware to get high score? I'll go first because I actually know what the actual answer is, but I want to see. Oh, there's an actual answer. I mean, for me. As long as it's, as long as it's either the same or like super duper close to it. Let me give you an example. Okay. Let me touch So, like for example, no, yeah, please. Frogger came out in nineteen eighty one. Okay. Okay. Um, they have high scores for arcade, for Game Boy Advance, emulator, emulator, and regular Game Boy Advance. So. Top three places. Game Boy Advance, number one. Number twos, Game Boy Advance, number threes. Excuse me. Emulator, emulator, Game Boy Advance. So, there's a lot of pushes and pulls between emulator versus original Game Boy Advance for that specific example. So, with that being said, Connor, what would you think? I actually don't. I feel like. As long as, like, the, either the developers or, or someone, like, higher up deems it okay to use an emulator and deems that, hey, this actually counts. As long as, like, the authority says, yes, this counts, or the general consensus, then I think it does. If it doesn't, and let's say, you know, you're speedrunning, I don't know, let's say, like, Halo Reach, and the first person who does it, you know, the fastest is on emulator, like, if the general consensus is like, oh, well didn't play the actual game like the, the, the emulator can break it this way then i i would say no, no that doesn't count but i i as long as the community agrees then i i think it's okay mm -hmm. 
You actually hit it pretty pretty spot on. It's all yeah? com- it's all community driven. That's so your speed your speed running community is what determines what you can and cannot use. So for example, the Pokemon Red and Blue speed running community, they had a you know um, they had some issues with people sending in um, speed runs that were done by a tool assisted speed run, but people claiming that it wasn't. Mm. So they made a unanimous decision to ban emulators because we don't want that to be our world record times. We don't want them to be cheated. We don't want to have to worry about picking that apart. We don't want to, you know, have to analyze a hundred videos of people using emulators. Like if you really want this record, if you really enjoy this game, get the original hardware for it and play it. Now there are some players that don't have access to it because they live in certain countries or they have certain things that they just cannot get their hands on. That's where emulation comes into play to a degree. So there are speed runs of games that are on emulator that are world records. And it's because the community universally agreed that there hasn't been a cheated speed run. There's, you know, there hasn't been any form of that that we have been made aware of. Right. That's, that's okay to me. Then, that, then that's, that's okay. okay. Like, and to me, on top okay. of that, they do it by category as well. The best, I yeah. think the best way, one of the best ways to do is just separate them out anyway. Yeah. Because you can yeah. do an emulator world record versus Agreed. an original console emulator. Yeah. Your original console run. And I, I, I'm just on speedrun.com just looking at uh, Pokemon Red and Green. They like uh, just uh, red and blue. Sorry, um, they have rules for diff- for like the different areas. Like the plat, there's a platforms area for those rules specifically. The Game Boy peripheral for the SNES runs and at, at an inaccurate frame rate and there is therefore banned. Super, Super Game Boy Two is allowed, however, so it tells you like different. So platforms, different emulations. So I think that that, that is yeah, really it's, interesting. It's within speed, I didn't know that. I would say like of, of all three of us, like I've dove into speedrunning very heavily. I enjoy it. I think it's fascinating to watch people basically take a game and break it apart. Because in regards to like one of my fa- one of my favorite speedruns just in general is the 120 star Super Mario 64 speedrun. And so that um, that world record is one hour and 37 minutes for 120 stars. So the full completion of the game. Damn. So it's it's it was crazy, but like that's insane. So there are rules on it and that's on the original console. You Mm. know what I mean? That's that's original console. And on top of that, they have virtual console. So that's like the Wii or the Wii U, like when you purchase it from them. You know what I mean? And you had it on your Wii channel. Gotcha. And so I, I, I really think that in regards to emulation, it opens the door for a lot more people to be able to inv- be invited into a community. I don't think hmm. you should ever shut down the idea of emulated emulator speedrun. Just separate it. Yeah, you you separate the category, and somebody is willing to cheat to get her, then that's on them. Like, it has nothing to do with your guys' community or how you run things. It's just that's their choice in what they do. And it's it's hard because 
people don't want that in their community to begin with. You know, like they, they don't want that. It's, no. it's something that, no. you know, these, these, these people in the communities, they work so hard to, you know, preserve and figure out the games and find the best way to move and that kind of stuff. So I think like some people are afraid of opening that door because yeah. it's like, if you allow emulation yeah. console, because there are some games that just have advantages emulation versus console. It, yeah. Pandora's like for, it, for example, yeah, like box. in the uh, Sonic adventure two battles, you know, there are different, like um, there are different ones. So like they released on steam, they released the game, like mm-hmm. an official release of the mm-hmm. game. And it saved like four minutes on load times alone. So that was a really? free four minutes that really? you could save yeah. for no reason yeah. at all besides playing it on PC. On a speed yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there, there have been like situations like that where, you know, there's some releases like for Jack and Daxter on the play on the PlayStation two, some versions of Jack and Daxter, the black label versus the greatest hits label allow you to do certain warps. And the one on the PlayStation four I think it's like version 1.0.0 allows you to do the same warp, but if you update it, the warp's fixed. So, so there's all different versions of stuff and like, you know, getting the disc for something like that, you know, like for example, the Wii Sports, there's a Wii Sports all sports run. Yeah. So it's basically just completing yeah. every sport. You know, I think it's like for tennis, you have to win a game. Uh, baseball, you have to win by mercy rule. Um, well, I'm trying to think of the order. Golf, Golf, Golf complete, complete all, all the holes. Um, Boxing, knock someone out. Yeah, knock somebody out. What's the last sport? Bowling. Bowling, bowl a game. That's okay. Insane. Now, there's two different versions of the game. I think it's 1 and 1.01. 1.0 is like a few seconds faster on load time. That's it. That's the only difference between the two. Yeah. yeah they don't do like a certain animation so it's just little stuff like that but in regards to just the overall emulator like is emulator bad should we ban it should you know should people be able to have it like i i believe wholeheartedly in preserving people's art we do the yeah. same thing with van gogh we do the same thing with musicians we do the same thing with artists like we preserve their stuff whether it's virtually preserving music versus you know like with art people you know keep it behind like plexiglass and like just preserve it so people can see the history behind it it's the same concept for me with video games same Same with with movies movies and all like everything you know it's it's all about preserving and you know keeping it for history just for to look back yeah and i think it's also a way for people to be able to experience those games with different generations because there are people out there who with their kids, had they not had an emulator and be able to play these games with their kids, wouldn't be able to share that, you know, those moments with, you know, their kids or their family or even their friends who have never played, you know, classic games. Like it's pretty much what I did with you when we were living together. There There were some of those games that we played that you had never never, heard of, never heard of, never played. And then we started playing them together and it was a blast. And it was a great time for us to, you know, play and, and enjoy, you know, video games. And Absolutely. I, I believe there are people, no matter what good it brings, that somebody is going to find a way to take advantage. Of it. And yeah. if you're going to try to make that as the argument of why it should just be banned in general, 
then you're only seeing the bad side of it. You're not seeing all of the good that it brings. Well, and the community already, you know, disavows them and, you know, condemns them, like, already. Like, people are already like, nah, actually, this, this dude over here, bump him. Yeah. So, at least what I would recommend, like, to you guys, like, even to you guys out there, like, if you want to look into it, that's your choice. The emulators part is completely fine. Like, you can get the emulators, and you won't get into any trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how to maintain, you know, how to obtain everything else is a very gray area. Yeah. And so what I say is if you want to discover and go down that path, I think you should if you don't have the means of getting a specific console. But, you know, and even just like, you know, because they're, they're actually, I didn't even mention this, there are actually cartridge holders that allow you to take an SD card, download game files onto it, and plug it into a cartridge that looks like a Nintendo 64 cartridge. That lo- They're called EverDrive. Huh. Okay. And it allows you to have every okay. single game on one cartridge. And so, it's like, they're pretty expensive, but they cost as much as some of the most expensive games. Like, the Nintendo 64 one, I think, costs like $185. But there are some Oof. Nintendo 64 games that go for over $200. That's so it's like, would you rather pay $180 for every single game or pay $2 for one game? That's the thing. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. That's the question. Yeah. So, I mean, question. let us know what you guys think. Um, there's definitely a very big discussion board about it on Reddit, wherever you guys can find discussions on it. There are YouTubers and other podcasters who have talked about this topic. Yeah, we definitely aren't the first to yeah, cover this. Yeah, we, definitely, we definitely aren't the first, first to cover this. We are stuff. breaking new ground over here. <laughs> All right, so uh, with that being said, uh, please join the Geek Freaks Discord. We also thank them for, you know, having us on their network. We, we Yeah, thank you, Frank. Like, seriously, we, we appreciate it. Like, you know, none of us are editors, and, like, Frank just edits our whole damn podcast. Like, honestly, what a absolute legend for that so please check out geek freaks check out the discord uh, join us there join you know all the discussions listen absolutely yeah and also please do leave us a five-star review wherever you get your good old podcast whether that be uh spotify apple podcasts or you know if you get it on a disc drive or however the hell you get it yeah, if you got us some floppy disks, like, honestly, thank you, but also, please get new uh, material to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, I know, because those floppy disks, that'd be so sick. Yo. Honestly. But. But, with that being said, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.